0: Love Talk Radio.
1: you're joining us again today. It's always, always a pleasure. Well, today is going to be another very interesting day. We've had a slight uh, change in plan, just slight. That is that uh, our guest today for the show talking about higher brain living and functioning uh, will be joining us just a little later than expected, uh, probably in about 55-60 minutes. And so this allows me to open this first segment up to you, our audience. You who are so important and the essence of what this whole game is about. So I want to invite you, it would be a great time to call in and talk about whatever it is that's really in your heart or in your mind, in your soul, and share with us. Uh, it can be grand and global, or it can be practical and personal, or anything in the range between, the spectrum between, because my work as a therapist and coach business consultants, as well as my interest in the larger questions that we are facing as a planet and as a species. They're all related. They're all in fractal relationship, one to the other. Not separate, distinct perhaps, but always with a through-line uh, connecting thread. So, uh, for those of you who are new listening, Uh, My name is Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World. We have been on the air for, oh my, many years at this point, many years, uh, probably eight or nine years on the air on radio, Better World Radio, and this month, folks, celebrating our 21st year on A Better World television right here in the middle of the Big Apple, New York City. So, that's the story. I am involved in media and using media. Using media for change, for education, for upliftment, for inspiration. Uh, getting to the uh, deeper levels of perspective, of understanding, of, dare I say, the truth of what goes on. Uh any of you remember the, the great film, may have been a play before that, Rashomon, which uh, gives perspectives on an event that happened in the Japanese forest among a samurai and a woman, I believe it was, many moons ago. A beautiful story up to a point. And depending on who the camera is on at a given segment of the film, you get a very different rendition of the story known as history. A different version of what happened. Why? Well, there are lots of reasons. We're all uniquely and differently programmed. And no matter what, we're all being programmed by the reptilian brain. That brain, part of our larger brain system, which is directly related to, yep, you got it, our survival. Yes, our survival, folks, from moment to moment, something we speak about in psychology, something we speak about in total biology, and something that in my interview just now with Dr. Michael Cotton for A Better World TV, which will be aired in the next oh several or so weeks, just go to our website, abetterworld.tv, to tune in, or get our newsletter, and all of it's uh, laid out then and there, when, who will be a guest on when, the radio or TV in a given week, we see that the the job of the reptilian brain is fight or flight. It's to make sure we survive not just from day to day, but from moment to moment. So it's really a very heavy-duty program that also has a huge amount of success to its credit because if we're listening to this show right now or if I'm speaking right now it's because in some good measure our reptilian function, our oldest brain has been successful in bringing us, delivering us to the present moment. Thank you, dear reptilian brain. Thank you deeply from my heart. Ah, you have a heart, not just a reptilian brain, thankfully. Well, that posits that there are other parts of this human physiology, this human biology, that will allow us to have different kinds of experience above, quite literally and beyond, again literally, the experience and functionality of that reptilian brain that has a highly narrowed bandwidth for what it can do. Its choices are few. However, as we move forward in our lives, i.e. in our brain system, we come across the mammalian function, which allows us not only to have finally eaten and slept and procreated had sex as the reptilian brain would have us do so we can perpetuate our species, a very cool thing, but now we can open our hearts and love one another, develop affection for one another, enjoy each other, laugh together, play together, even fight together within certain parameters, love and heartbeat and pulse being the, if you would say, the heartbeat of the mammalian brain. And this is where we get warm-blooded, fuzzy feelings that arise in our system. Uh, feeling compassion, understanding, sympathy, empathy. And then, that's not all, folks. It doesn't end there. Uh-uh. No. And, not in the least, that is but a stepping stone to something even more powerful and more profound and more far-reaching. And that is into what we call the cerebral cortex and the prefrontal lobes. Yes. The forebrain, that which is in front, just above
0: our eyes
1: that allows us to see. Ancient wisdom referred to one part of that system as the third eye. It's that way, part of a subtle energy system, the subtle energies, the subtle circulatory system of the body-mind connection, because the word connection doesn't even really fit when you want to get down to it, because it's just one system. So, It's not like two polarities being connected by a thread. It's one system that operates wholly, holistically, and it's just each one has different aspects of the whole. It's like um, there's a hub with spokes coming from it, each spoke of which has its own particular usefulness to the survival and the advancement, i.e., the evolution of the whole. Therefore, you could call it evolutionary wholeness, or whole evolution, (laughs) whatever way you want to put it. Let me remind you that this is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. I'm very glad you're joining us again today. We are going to have a guest in the latter half of the show today. It's going to be an extended show. Our guest will be Dr. Mike Hutton, who is in New York City right now from Milwaukee and he'll be uh, speaking with us about a system that he has developed that is uh, rooted really in very much of what it is I'm talking about here in some good measure that there exists the potential to fulfill this notion called human potential and activate those farther more dormant parts of our brain and I'll say nervous system that are waiting to be utilized. It's like imagine a really quality pitcher that's just sitting on the bench hungry, eager to get into the game And that's the way about 95 to 98% of our entire system is waiting to be used. Now, yes, there are people who are more advanced, it's just the way it is, who are more advanced intellectually, more advanced emotionally, more advanced physically, or more advanced in a holistic, integrated way that we could call spiritually, where they have more, you could say, more dots connected, and they are able to navigate the trials and tribulations, the slings and arrows of our lives more elegantly, you know, more maturely, really. And that is someone who becomes sort of a mentor to us, an ideal figure on the Uh, horizontal plane of humanity Uh, Nelson Mandela, a Mahatma Gandhi a Martin Luther King in my um, my hierarchy if you will, a Lao Tzu a Buddha, these are some of my heroes Uh, a Jesus the Christ as well so we do have an entire array of beings who still related to their own cultural contexts, by the way, none of whom I believe fully transcended or fully integrated that context in the most possible conscious way. I know most people would disagree with that, but, you know, when you learn that uh, Gautama, Shakyamuni Buddha, had some peculiar attitudes, toward his mother and his sister and women, you think wait a minute, and this is documented by the way how could that be? A wholly enlightened being still has some bias toward an entire gender of the human species? (laughs) No! Don't tell me! Well, yeah that's the textual historical record Yeah. So, you can put a lot onto that, you can put a little onto that, you know, what is the charge for you, for me but it does suggest something short of what we today, in our cultural context, may call wholly enlightened. It's that there's some attachment somewhere along the pathway and uh, I think we should allow uh, space for that. We should be compassionate and understand that to speak objectively about being wholly enlightened is not really a planetary scenario that could be the future for any of us. Not as long as we are eating and breathing and sleeping and all of that, you know, with our corporeal lives. It's probably not 100% in the cards. However, I say, so what? So bloody what? Is that important? Are we measuring degrees of wakefulness and enlightenment? Well, I would say that's a very linear statistical perspective that has its own inherent limitations. So I would instead say let's be grateful for whatever advances any of us can make along the path of moving from a fear-based kind of lifestyle that is largely subterranean, it's largely subconscious, but not only. We know that too. Into a more conscious, a more awake, a more settled, stable, centered, happier, joyful type of state. That really is ours to experience. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that we have all had many times that sense of inner peace, a sense of well-being, a sense of real connectedness to all things, all life around us, in nature, in Gaia, in group, in society, in family. In relationship, we've had that feeling, that euphoric feeling of oneness with all of life. You know we have. You know you have. And it's a beautiful feeling that really very little, probably nothing replaces. It's that treasure chest of experience that opens up all of our pathways and gives us access to, well,
2: the infinite,
1: really. So when I say that we are, and it is said I should say, that, you know, anywhere from 1 to 5% of our brain system is being utilized at any given time, well, how do you measure the infinite? Well, you really can't. And I've shared this on these airwaves before. You cannot measure the infinite. But, therefore, how can you take a percentage? of something that cannot be measured. You really can't. But we do know that, relatively speaking, the capacity of our thinking, of our feeling, of our maturity, of our ability to perform in any number of ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, is far beyond what we have pretty much manifested in our daily lives. To date, it's very, very uh, kind of encouraging that there's way more to go. All we have to do is take a look at our world. Just, Just take a look at the landscape, the terrain of what it is we are seeing right now. And as... I was just saying to Michael Cotton in our TV interview. As a therapist, as a thinker, as an observer, I look at the behaviors and what looks like the emotional development of those in positions of relative material worldly power, like the presidents and the vice presidents, and the captains of industry, and the like across our precious planet. And I see some who are very well intended, and some who are very well fixed on ownership, on power, on steering things their way. And I would say that these mm, kinds of behaviors are largely related to the high development of a limited brain, which is the reptilian brain. And very little development in the other quadrants, the other aspects of our entire brain system. And if we are ever going to have a planet of peace, a society of well-being, it is going to be directly related to corresponding with our ability to approach and dive deep into the cerebral cortex and, more than anything, the prefrontal lobes, which have been scientifically measured and very much correlate with the experiences, the subjective, delicious experiences of love, of happiness, of joy. Of well being, of peace, of serenity, of love, of compassion, of relatedness, of brotherhood and sisterhood, of interconnectedness with all life, with a sense of belonging, with a powerful sense of the intuitive nature an alive nature of all sentient life. Wow. Can you really exchange that? So it is perhaps why so many of those monks and those um, priests and priestesses and others of a spiritual mystical bent over the course of millennia have opted out of the world of the village, the life of the village, and have instead gone to the life of the monastery, where they can kind of groove in peace, (laughs) undisturbed by the outside world and its other concerns. However, that ain't fair. We need that energy, that intelligence actually rooted right back into the village that's how the game works we have to bring that back home folks back to our origin not segregate it to the life of a mountain dweller or someone in the forest just uh, meditating on his navel nice as that may be and appropriate as that may be for a while but just like the Buddha himself said It's not my enlightenment. You could say it's ours. I feel obliged in the depth of my soul. Is there a soul in Buddhist psychology? In the depth of my soul to share what I have experienced with others. It's because we are truly one being when you get down to it. On that note, will other aspects of my well-being other aspects of me, (laughs) call and share with me your thoughts, comments, at 602-753-1860 that's 602-753-1860 you know, we want to heal the world there's a phrase of course you probably know in Hebrew tikkun olam, which means to heal or to repair the world. Well, that's not with band-aids, folks. That's from the inside out. (laughs) That's from the kinds of harmonious feelings uh, and attitudes that I'm referring to here in today's show on A Better World. And that means that when we become inwardly awake, we then stand a chance to help awaken others onto the higher planes of existence the higher planes of reality, and I don't mean in some far-flung, multi-dimensional, parallel universe, well, yeah, it might be happening there too, far be me from saying no to that yes! and yes. However, aval, as we say in Hebrew, it matters what's happening here. And as Ram Dass remind us, reminded us, here now, as in his phrase, be here now. And that means taking our awakened new neural pathways, our new neural net, which includes the prefrontal lobes, which then becomes its own, as Michael Cotton said really beautifully, its own feedback loop, where our chi, our ki, our prana, our shakti, our ruach, to continue the Hebraic kind of a metaphor here, becomes self-circulating, and it's interesting. You can even think about it to some extent hormonally and from the point of view of neuropeptides and neurochemicals, because we seek pleasure, and our bodies seek to repeat pleasure. And if we're starting to have a pleasurable experience, we want more of it. And when that happens through the opening of our higher brain centers, as people such as George Ivanovich Kurjeev talked about from decades ago, as many of the masters of old spoke about. But now we have more of the concrete physiology. Gurdjieff knew more than God knows most. Uh, And he knew and interpreted and understood through the mystical traditions of what it is I'm talking about, and it all has a physiological correlate. But if you want to talk about peace in this world, if you want to talk about dealing U.S. right now with Russia or Syria or Israel or Palestine, if you want to talk about social justice right here in our own U.S. of A., if you want to speak about really going back, I should say, to democracy from this insane fascistic state that we have come, become but don't speak about as such because it's so bloody unpopular and we all bristle at the thought that we have this brilliant constitution in so many ways. We had founding fathers who opened up the space for the pursuit of liberty and justice and happiness in such a powerful way. Yet, with every single story under the sun, all fear-based, we have an NSA. We have an Edward Snowden looking, from the point of view of the NSA and the U.S. government, as a fugitive, when actually he's one of the great American heroes of all time. Same with Bradley Manning, for that matter. You know, I know he changed his first name. You know, we have everything inverted and it's inverted because our brain functioning is inverted, it's not that these are all bad people no, 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 I don't think any of them are bad people they're just inverted people, they're living in the 21st century from an ancient brain system it doesn't work, it's fitting a square peg into a round hole, can you follow this? if you do you can come to see that they know not what they do. And our willingness to have compassion and understanding for the situation at large becomes available. And the wish to annex other countries, other sovereignties whether it's in the form of land like Crimea or it's in the domain of annexing uh, other people and their own sovereign inner territory, their own mind, their own brain. You see, the programming that we receive is all based, most all on negative, fear-based violence-based type of programming, which keeps us oppressed and small in our game of life. Does that make sense? It keeps us small and playing a small game instead of the grand game human beings can play. Why do we get to potentially play such a big game? because we have an imagination, because we have the far-reaching possibilities afforded us through our truly advanced brain system, which allows consciousness to come and go to and fro. It is not limited, my friends, to the brain system. It's not limited at all. It transcends dimensions. It transcends time and space. But put that aside. Let's just stay right where we are now and creating a better world. Let's use our intelligence to create a better world so that people can have proper sustenance. They can have food and shelter and livelihood that's meaningful,
2: purpose,
1: high-minded, big-hearted values, all of this is part of what our lives and our society can simply be populated with. You know? So Obama looks at Putin and says, you've broken international law. And Putin looks back at Obama and GW and Cheney and says, you broke international law. And it goes way back before that. We can tick through all of the presidents, probably all with maybe a handful, maybe, of exceptions, where national or international law was not breached by those in highest office, misrepresenting under oath to Congress, or to their wives, or to their cabinet. On it goes. We see a world that's just dredged in lies, in deception in corruption. But where does it all come from? That's the question to ask. We know that it's there. We know it's perpetuated generationally. We see it everywhere. There isn't a country that isn't steeped in it
0: to varying
1: degrees. And when the country is steeped less, we say, ah, that's an honorable country. But there's no such thing because people are all laboring under truly under the effects of the reptilian brain, which as Michael Cotton puts so well as well as my teacher Claude Sabat and other teachers of total biology that I have brought to New York and have studied with the reptilian brain is designed to keep us alive moment to moment and it is succeeding, so it keeps going back to what's the same in what has kept us alive, it worked, do it again you don't have to reinvent the wheel folks, we got the system down, we do this, we do that, and we're alive yes, I've succeeded, however, and there is a big however, we have a sense of adventure, we have a sense of aliveness, we know that that sense of adventure and aliveness is not really quenched by the same thing day by day And even if we do the same thing day by day, we can bring a level of aliveness to those patterns. But we have to see that there are patterns that we are enlivening. And when we enliven, even those survival-based patterns we are enlivening all those different parts of our brain. And I am suggesting, and we will get into this with Michael Cotton when he comes to join us, of higher brain living. HigherBrainLiving.com is a website you really want to check out. He has training facilitator programs all over the country. They have hundreds of facilitators uh, working in 22 session uh, segments with their clients. And their lives are literally changing. And their lives are changing because they're gaining access to the higher levels of their brain through some very rather simple procedures and a mapping, if you will, that helps detach from the dominance and the preponderance of the reptilian brain. It allows for adventure to occur into the higher level, intuitive, holistic, whole-brained, alive spontaneous, creative functions of our heart-mind connection, also connected to the brain and the entirety of the nervous system, which gives us that sense of being alive, that sense of being grateful. I mean, is that cool? I mean, can you imagine daily waking up into a powerful sense of beauty and gratitude? That you're just thankful to be alive every single day and every single moment. There's a substrate of awareness of gratitude, of thanks inside your daily experience and you have a level of understanding of why things are the way they are. It's because it's as though people are living with with a bag over their head and they're not seeing what's really going on but you've had the bag removed from your head and you can see more clearly, more lucidly, and you don't get mad at the people who can't see, you have understanding of them because they're only using some small portion of their brain Which also means, by the way, they're only using a small portion of their neurotransmitters, and they're using a small portion of their hormonal system. You see how integrated it all is? Which means they're only using a small part of their thinking and reflective uh, cerebral apparatus, including the cerebral apparatus and activity that connects to their heart brain. And we have the Institute for HeartMath to thank for some really groundbreaking work about the thinking hearts. Beautiful work. If you don't know it, look them up. I think it's heartmath.com. Surely you can Google and find. Anyway, this is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. So glad you're joining us. I hope you're getting this because when you hit this groove, when you get this picture, this perspective, You can take a deeper breath. You de-stress automatically because you see all the stress and the strife in the world and all of the striving and all of the ambition and all of the pushing, whether it's in the banking system and Wall Street or here or there or wherever, is a function (laughs) of you could say small braidedness. You're going to say small something else, Well, it could be that too, but The main thing is that our brains are only semi operational. We don't feed our system the proper nourishment. We do not breathe at the depth that our lung system and our skin system were designed to breathe at. Our thinking is below capacity in so many areas, so many people our uh, sense of acquisition and greediness and selfishness and self-centeredness and narcissism are all a function of our reptilian brain's demand to survive. And it then activates our higher brains. Oh, yes, it does not act alone. And it will use some of our higher brain functions to be strategic, as in militarily strategic, as in politically and economically strategic, or socially strategic, to keep its survival at the heights of the game, even at the expense of others. Okay? It's a It's a utilization in the wrong direction. We want the reptilian brain to help sustain our lives. Don't get me wrong. We're not throwing anything out with the bathwater. No, 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 no. It's a question of ratio. It's a question of proportion. It's a question. Ratio, of course, as the basis of the word rational. And when we engage and then integrate those parts of our brain system that haven't been working, that haven't been turned on and therefore our DNA in those domains are not fully operational, it's like getting a new life, you know, it's a new way, it's a new possibility it's like, oh my god, why didn't you tell me you know, for those of you who have used any kind of sacred plants the entheogen, plants that help to awaken a level of consciousness, multidimensional consciousness, or amplify parts of the brain and the subconscious that are otherwise dormant. Yes, I'm talking about such things as known as psilocybin or ayahuasca or uh, mescaline or peyote or any of these uh, considered, you know, questionable substances. well. It's only questionable if you've never tasted them. But when you do, you are brought into a dimension, a world that you did not have a clue existed except if you could wake up inside your dream. Alright? It's that radically different than the life you are currently living. I'm not advocating people do one thing or another that doesn't match their sense of reality unless they want to stir things up. God bless. But I'm using this as an example of the kind of radically different life and consciousness that is available that you do not know of. Or I'll give a a simpler example. You've lived in the New York area all your life. You travel to the southwest. You don't see a building on the horizon. You see desert and you see sun. Rise and set. It's a landscape that is dazzling. When you see the painted colors across the sky at sunset. I never, ever thought I would behold something so Beautiful, and you become awestruck or you travel to another country with a different language like somewhere in Southeast Asia where your contacts are few and far between with anything, any reference is really not there I mean, in the Romance languages of Europe, we have a touchstone because we all have Latin and Greek and to some extent German in common, but through English. But when you go to a place that has an entirely different uh, language family, such as China, you don't have the same touchstone. You are living in another world, especially when you go out to the villages. You're in another world. That's what I'm talking about. Your frames of reference are completely thrown off. So you get smarter. You begin to adapt. And your higher brain kicks in along with your reptilian. You might get scared. But to the extent that you can convert, transform that feeling, that sensation that you interpreted as fear into one of adventure and excitement. You are more than halfway there, folks. You are getting smarter, you're getting more intelligent, because you're developing those parts of the brain. Now imagine, I've been thinking about this. We bring the likes of Putin and Kerry and Obama into a room. We play utterly beautiful music. They go into an alpha state. You bring on a comedian, they start to laugh. Also Alpha, by the way. Their brains get coherent. They feel a sense of brotherhood. They're laughing. They slap each other on the back. You know, like, did you get that joke? That was hilarious. And what, what's humor? But it's, it's speaking about that substrate of human behavior, attitudes, consciousness that we all have in common. Or there are commentaries on the uniqueness of different cultural ethnic expressions, and we all get tickled, we all laugh at ourselves, we laugh at others, it's just it can be a party now in that state of mind, tell me let's say they've eaten well, let's say they've laughed well, and then they heard in this order some magnificent music, and then they sit down at a kitchen table not a big conference room, a kitchen table and they say, look, we want a peaceful world what's the problem? Yes, we know it's an oil fossilized world, fossil fuel world <laughs> Um how do we work this out? We're all moving out of fossil fuels anyway. It's just a matter of a few ticks on the clock. We're moving into renewables of wind, of hydropower, uh, you know, uh, mini-hydropower, not necessarily dams, uh, a project I'm working on in that respect, Uh, geothermal, high-level solar, Everything is transforming. It's unbelievable what options there are before us. So, that's out of shape. We don't have to divide the world up into oil-rich countries and not. There are some folks on YouTube who say they're making oil out of, you know, the simplest things, you know, by pressure. So, let's not go crazy. Let's not let our reptilian brains control our lives. Let's agree among ourselves to get smart and let's say, how can we do what kindergartners are told to do by their parents and by their teachers to share and share alike. We're all privileged or none is privileged. You know, let's all be privileged. Let's be looking out. For each other, not looking to compete and suppress or kill off each other. It's just its not a game worth playing. And when you've not activated the higher brains, these do not look like possibilities, my friends. They do not look viable. But when you do activate our higher consciousness, which correlates with the brain, and Michael Cotton will be speaking with us about that, in short order, because he's done some beautiful work in this regard, we have enough, where it's another operating system. It's like taking Monopoly and bringing it up scale to another operating level where everybody who's playing gets to win. Everybody wins. We don't have the resources, that. you know we do. And if people stop grabbing for themselves, hey, it can happen. That means there's no more corruption because you don't have to grab because there's plenty. The web of life has provided for us bounty, plenitude, abudanza. there. Anyway, talking about abudanza, if anyone wants to call 602-753 I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Yes, uh, I have been reminded by my intern that this coming weekend is the New Life Expo, Mark Becker's New Life Expo. Mark is a very dear friend of A Better World and has been for 21 years. I will be giving a talk on Saturday. This is all at the Pennsylvania Hotel across from Madison Square Garden around 33rd, 32nd, and 7th Avenue in the Big Apple in Manhattan in New York City. In the Madison room at 5 o'clock, I'll be speaking about sacred stewardship and awakening the soul to action and passion. So, please join me. Michael Cotton will be speaking there as well and doing a special event that will be taking place there. If you go to our website abetterworld.tv, you can learn more about that as well. And if you get our newsletter, which if you do not, oh, please do sign up for at, again, abetterworld.tv. It is there. It's a free newsletter. It goes out only once a week and it announces who we have on the weekly television show, which, by the way, this is a good time to mention, begins next week not at what has been the standard time of Tuesday nights at 10.30, but a new time of Mondays at 7, Mondays at 7 p.m. At the same time, it's aired in Fairfield County from Greenwich to Westport, Connecticut, Mondays at 7, a different show, but nonetheless the same time slot. So please do join us. This coming week will be, hmm, we don't have that yet set. But last night we had Ray Camagno talking about uh, the ICAP release meter, uh, an EEG device that he developed. And we're talking about a lot of things that uh, Michael Cotton and I have been talking about today with his higher brain living system, which is beautiful, beautiful stuff. He's done a lot of really good homework and he's integrated thinking from people such as Ken Wilber and Don Beck of Spiral Dynamics, who we had on our show years ago, and uh, other real good thinkers. Donnie Epstein we had on decades ago, (laughs) it seems, of Network Chiropractic so I want to mention the New Life Expo coming up, I also want to mention to you the Awakening the Dreamer, Changing the Dream Symposium uh, or it's up to us, the Pachamama Alliance do look into this, it's again on our website uh, is having what looks like an annual training program, or semi-annual at most at this point uh, in Delaware, April 4th through 6th And it will be to learn to be a facilitator of the understandings of we, the Western mind that is so involved in polluting and contaminating and left-brain linear acquisitional thinking, all of which I've been speaking about here, and learning a largesse, a bigger way, or as David Christopher beautifully puts it, planetary mind, the integration of the ancient indigenous wisdom with the modern modern thinking that has brought us really a lot, but it has also brought us way too little in the domain of emotional development. And that's what we need. We need true psycho-emotional maturation so join me, I'll be there, I'm going, oh you bet, I'm packing my bags from New York City and going down to Delaware in some way or another and I'll be spending two days there with uh, the trainers to learn it myself, to share with y'all, and I also want to uh, encourage you to donate to A Better World if you can a latte a month with Mitchell J. Rabin, is that asking too much? is it? A latte a month? Okay, half a lot, small. How about a small? Or a grande, Yeah. Well, whatever suits you. But if you go again to our website, there's a button that says, donate. It's from the Latin. Donor. Donate. <laughs> Be a donor. We have that as a noun. But the Latin has it both as mainly as a verb. It's an action to donate. We also have something very interesting called the Harmonic Energetic Balancing Program, through which we use a holographic image that is a photograph, and we put it into our software program. And it's a frequency generator. And it generates frequencies that interact with the photograph and creates a sense of energetic balance in our clients. Again, harmonic energetic balancing called acronym HEB. I also do private life system sessions as well as coaching and counseling uh, both for personal benefit as well as couples benefit as well as family benefit or individual. Both the point of view of stress management and communications counseling. You know, so many relationships break down because they're not listening to one another. Yeah, they may be speaking somewhat different languages, but they can learn to get on the same page. And that's the kind of work I do, and all that is available at abetterworld.tv or mitchellraben.com so I want to just say we'll be joined in a moment by Michael Cotton. I see there is a caller, so I'm going to first take this call as Michael gets situated in our studio. And it looks like a caller from, could it be California? Am I d- identifying the area code correctly? Hello? Yes. Hello? Hi. Orange County California. Who am I speaking with? I'm sorry? Marcy Ann. Oh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. Who am I speaking with?
3: Uh, Marcy Ann.
1: Hi, Marcy Ann. How are you? Glad you joined us here at a better world.
3: Well, thank you for having
1: me. Did you want to make any comments to us, or were you just
3: listening in by
1: phone instead of by uh, internet?
3: Actually, I um, can give a heads up and a shout out to the um, <clears throat> Heart Math um, type of um, program. And I had just finished um, a five session um, with uh, one of the Heart Math um, facilitators called Journey yeah. to the Heart Intelligence. And oh, uh, nice. what was so wonderful for me was finding out that the heart has its own brain. <clears throat>
0: yeah and right that isn't that amazing the more,
3: it's the perfect the perfect brain that hasn't been conditioned you know down yeah. through time and is filled right. up with all kinds of uh error and uh, mis misideas so um right. i guess i can just say uh you know um i can just give um applause and um Sure. A testimony to the success of l- learning Wonderful. of this type of intelligence that's available to us. Get rid of that yeah. primitive uh reptilian uh Yeah, that I've been orating or about
1: for the last place. hour. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch this from the beginning or just the the tail end of the oration?
3: No, I've listened to the whole show today. It's it's very, very good. I did. Oh, I'm good. also I'm so a blog mad. talk radio host, and I did my show earlier today. And then I'm always kind of on a high. I don't know if you are after you finish your show, and so then I'm.
1: Oh yeah. You know I click You know there's a certain to, chemical um, that's released. Yes. Uh, Mar- Marcienne that gets released through speaking because mm-hmm. it's uh it's actually a very high vibration, and when you speak, a certain kind of um, uh, chemistry occurs in that part. I mean, think of where your mouth is relative to the rest of your brain. So there's a certain <laughs> um, endorphin experience. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so I'm always clicking
3: it. around afterwards, you know, to, to sort of listen in to other places while I'm kind of coming down and so I found yes. your show. I was glad to hear It's wonderful, wonderful. to Wonderful. What's the name of your show? Let
1: everybody the know the thing. name of your show. What is the name of your show?
3: Oh, my show is called Say What.
1: <laughs> okay. Fine. Very
0: good. Well, that way you've let and people know on a better world. And I about the fact
3: that that we are gods, but we just have yes. to learn how to operate as a god. And what does that mean? And where yeah, is the beautiful. power? And how do we use it? And um, but you know, all of us are teachers and all of us are students. And god knows. Um, so even though I do a radio show, you know, I'm still learning myself and um i just appreciated this journey to the heart intelligence about the most of anything i've kind of done in my life
1: sure well listen you are in the right place at the right time yeah i guess he's about ready
3: to come on i'll get off
1: exactly let you bring him on you with all due respect (laughs) and i'm going to bring on dr michael khan
3: okay (laughs) who is this
1: is yet a beautiful complement to the heart math work, by the way, Marcian. I think you'll, when you hear more about it, you'll understand that it has to do with act, ultimately with activating the heart energy as well. So, there you have it. Good. Dr. Michael Cotton, a pleasure to have you on A Better World. Hi, Mitchell. Glad to be here tonight. I'm so glad, you know. I just gave a, a probably the lengthiest introduction I've ever given to a guest on A Better World. <laughs> you got me warmed up. <laughs> I got you warmed up. I got the audience all <laughs> warmed up. I got them warmed up, not just warmed up.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Well, a pleasure to have you on. And my pleasure. It was, uh, great to have you on A Better World TV as yes. well this afternoon, yes. which will be aired in uh, short order. Um, just let me uh, open up again to the audience to let you know that uh, Dr. Michael Cotton, who is the founder of Higher Brain Living, has done some remarkable work in taking his thinking and helping us move it to a more evolved state, to a more evolved level by hoping to release the stranglehold, the stronghold of the reptilian brain so that our other brain functions can really kind of kick in and give us the potential of the kind of life, you know, we probably really imagined as children that would be possible for us. You know, when we were imagining what kind of person we wanted to be and the virtues we would embody, that we would love everybody and everybody would love us, and all those wonderful fantasies. Well, you know what? There's actually a little germ of truth in all of that. It doesn't have to be just a neurotic compensation, if you will, but there's a level, a substrate of unique oneness to it all. And uh, Michael is joining us here to speak about it, so... uh Again, glad to have you, and tell us about Higher Brain Living, Michael.
4: Oh, my pleasure, Mitchell, and I, I, I just caught that when you, you said, remember when we uh, imagined all of these wonderful things. Some, sometimes in my uh, presentations, I'll actually ask the audience to close their eyes and then, and then to have them remember the very best day of their life and then to even try to find the very best moment within that very best day of their life. And, I, and so I, I just want everyone to do that that's listening now. Just go ahead and do that. Just close your eyes and, and remember back to the very best day that you can remember. And if you, if it's not the best day of your life, just find some really awesome day in your past where you were – everything was just right. Just remember that perfect day. And, and what I want you to do is is – is set with that, is feel your way into that. Even though a memory of it is not the same as the full-blown experience, a memory of it can still be powerful. So just remember back to that best day of your life, and then just hold on to that. Just sit with that for a while. I'm going to give you just a few seconds to kind of really turn inward and feel and remember that best day of your life. Go ahead and do that. Okay, and now now open your eyes. So here's the thing, is that that best day of your life was associated with energy building in the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the highest part of the brain. And I can guarantee you that. In fact, I can tell you what the feeling was. What I can't tell you is what the... Uh, event was that led to the feeling i can't tell you what you were doing on that day but what i can tell you is what that feeling was on that perfect day and it was a it was a range somewhere between a sense of joy a sense of purpose a sense of empowerment a sense of clarity a sense that nothing could stop you on that day i mean think about that on that day you're empowered it doesn't matter what the rest of the world is doing nothing 's going to screw you up. nothing 's going to slow you down. Everything is all right with the world on that perfect day and that 's because energy was building into the prefrontal cortex It somehow found its way into that highest, most evolved, untapped part of the brain. Now, I have no idea what led to that for you for For some of you, it could have been uh, you know the day you started your own business or you left a bad relationship or you had your first child or you created some art project that you were really excited about. Uh, for for some of you, that perfect day could have been the day you got married. Uh, for some of you, the perfect day could have been the day you got divorced, right? Uh, I mean, it, I don't know that, but I do know what that felt like. And I do know what part of the brain lit up for you to have that. And it's really important to understand that because that, that, suggest to us that there's part of our brain that we're not fully tapping into why would we have to dig back in our past for years or in some cases decades to find this awesome perfect day why can't we live like that all the time we've already established it's possible we felt it and so why can't we have that every day and so what higher brain living is about mitchell and, and everyone is, is to be able to help shift the center of gravity into that highest, most evolved part of the brain, so that can become our new baseline, and we can learn to live from that place. We can literally start taking that higher brain and that higher brain state and using it to change any and all areas of our
1: life. That beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. I mean, it's sort of like uh, you own a bank, Michael. (laughs) And it has trillions of dollars in it. Yeah. But you know what it looks like. You have a sense of it. Like that wonderful exercise Mm -hmm. just now. Someone opened the vault for a moment and then closed it. (laughs) There you go. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) What? Oh my
1: God. That's (laughs) ridiculous. Yeah. No, and I feel that the work you're doing helps the access to that, and that's really what it is, and it's all here so when they say, and as that lovely woman just now, Marciana was just saying, you know, we are as gods Mm -hmm. it is said in ancient lore, we Mm -hmm. are as gods Yes,
4: Mitchell, the the, uh, uh, philosopher Plotinus said that mankind, humankind is poised midway between the god and the beast, okay? And and, and yeah. I think there's True. a whole lot to that, that on a physiological level or a biological level, that's exactly where we are. And, and my, what I lead with is is the brain components of that being midway between the gods and the beast. The beast is that lower brain, survivalistic, fight or flight, how do I protect myself, how do I survive the day, the higher brain, and this is this is really lighting me up. I'm kind of seeing yeah. the, the, these metaphors are really are real here. Yeah. But the, the brain researcher Paul McLean, who was who was one the of group. the original found, that discovered that our brain is developed in layers that. The, One, triune, the brain. Tri- triune brain, and now we know that there's either the, third, the prefrontal cortex, and as the, as the uh, uh, nice young lady was saying earlier, the heart is also a brain center. But what, what he said with the, this prefrontal cortex or the frontal lobes, this higher brain, you know what the you know what he used to, the term he used to describe that? He called that the angel lobes. Oh, Now think about that comment, poised midway between the gods and the beasts. We have prominent neuroscientists referring to this highest part of the brain as the angel lobes because that's the part of the brain where we have spiritual experience, where we have purpose, where we have meaning. And that lower part of the brain is that beastly part of us that just wants to survive and protect itself, and it's doing all of that protecting below the conscious threshold. We don't even know what's happening.
1: Yeah. Beautifully put, yeah. And, in fact, we have what is also called the midbrain, which is halfway between yeah. the older ancient yeah. reptilian and yep. the cerebral cortex and the prefrontal lobe. Yeah, you know? and,
4: and to be fair, Mitchell, I'm or really... Or
1: mammalian.
4: Right, and I, I'm, I'm simplifying... A fairly complex part, you know, there's all these individual brain structures within that, but, 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 you know, so we use a generality, the lower brain and the higher brain, and it's totally accurate, you know, we're talking about those lower primitive structures, or those most highly evolved
1: prefrontal cortex, that's a new emergent
4: in evolution. Exactly,
1: exactly, Mm -hmm. and that's a a good way to put it on an evolutionary scale, Michael, Mm -hmm. that we see that we have come from a certain brain family, if you will. Right. You know? I mean, if you want to really go back, just start contemplating the amoeba, and then you can feel pretty good. You know? <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's not that, and it shouldn't be understood linearly, as I hear you say, and I, as I listen to myself, that it's not that one is instead of the other, it's right. a both and arrangement. Yes. It's that we've been living a life with the predominance of the ancient brain instead of with the predominance of our higher human brain.
4: Yes. And 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 Mitchell I can even you you hit on a point that's important is that the lower brain doesn't go away through higher brain living, or it doesn't go away when we get into the higher brain and live that way. It's a structure that will still protect us if we step out in front of a bus. But it's poorly adapted for us to grow and evolve in the complex modern life that we have. And it's terrible, and it has its grips into that, and it's not made for that. So we've created a level of complexity out there in the world that the simple survival strategies in the brain simply can't deal with, and their default mechanism is always protection. So it's going to find a way to protect you Even if that's at the expense of your growth and evolution and ability to thrive and the ability to create and go beyond, the lower brain is is going to protect you. And so what evolution does is transcend and include. And so as these higher structures have been built on – The lower one is still maintained, but here's the thing. What we want is to get into the highest, most evolved part of the brain, the part made to change and thrive and create a new world. And we want those lower brain structures to be in service to that. That's not how it is right now. The lower brain structures are dominating. They're playing out in our life. We want them to still be there. In fact, that creating all of the, bringing all of that together all in service to the higher brain, that creates a new emergent property that's nothing we've ever seen before. The potential is nothing we've ever seen before.
1: Yes, exactly. And I'm going to dare say, and I would love for you to correct me if this is not an understanding, but because we really do think with our whole body, Mm -hmm. a point that I've been making lately, and we have the the heart brain, as we were just speaking about with uh, Marcian, yep. and uh, the work of HeartMath, and I,
4: I, th- I think they're love. a wonderful organ- organization, by the way. Heart- HeartMath. Oh, yeah. yeah, me yep. too. I, I've
1: mm-hmm. had their I've uh, had their leaders on our yeah. Show. They've, they've done a lot of really yeah, valuable a work. A lot of good mm-hmm. research, uh, and we have what we refer to, of course, as our gut, which is a the brain. Mm-hmm. Their neuroreceptor sites in our mm-hmm. colon, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we respect that. Knowledge that we get, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel so right about that <laughs> guy, you know, or I really like that guy right. or that gal, right. whatever, you know. Really, I feel good, mm-hmm. and that's these are forms of intelligence mm-hmm. that we have to respect mm-hmm. and want to grow and expand the use of. So, in your form of development and evolution. Because it really is a, an evolutionary pathway mm-hmm. that you have laid out. Would you say that the development of the prefrontal lobes connect then more readily with these other, you could say, brain systems or receptor sites? Yes. In the body. Yes, and so and, yes,
4: and and that that's the part that really integrates all of those intelligences. And, and uses those from, from that higher perspective.
1: Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. It's almost like the, the pathways to these other brains originate in the opening of that bank of mm-hmm. the prefrontal mm-hmm. uh, cortex. Yes. So they have the reach down. You know, actually, I'm thinking in Chinese medicine. You know, we talk about the conception vessel. The conception vessel is, we've got the conception vessel going down the very front, the midline, and we have the governing vessel going up the back line. And, it's, and it, the energy comes down mm-hmm. from the, the crown. Mm-hmm. It comes down, and I'm just mm-hmm. making a, a bit of a parallel mm-hmm. that maybe the energy, when these... When the forebrain opens up, that that energy can cascade downward mm-hmm. into these other heart, you know, and, and brain centers. Right. Yeah. Involuting and, that and sense? precipitating <laughs> downward. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very
4: possible. In fact, there's to even just kind of bounce off of that because there's so many variations. You know, I said some of the the ancient traditions were tapping all around this. I when I started, you know, really yeah. uh, developing the protocols that created this shift in energy into the higher brain and tapping into these energy reserves or energy resources in the body that allowed that energy to flow into the higher brain. I started just this incredible study of just devouring everything, I mean a really scholarly undertaking of everything going on for thousands of years, that had anything to do with any of this, and and it was interesting to find, I e
1: everything, everything, <laughs> yeah,
4: right. But 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 some of the contact points that we use, they had different names, and 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 you know throughout history, and and I one of them the a, a contact that's at the kind of the base of the skull. It's a point that we use, and and it's it, you know it's not used alone. It's in a sequence, but all the mm-hmm. same, I found in. Um, ancient uh vedantic text that 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 contact point had been referred to as the mouth of god <laughs> and that all, and that their model all energy entered the human body through there really yeah <laughs> and so yeah. right exactly that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i and i don't know you know i think that i don't know that it's it's right or wrong it's a model right Right. and the question is does the model work
0: that's right And, and, and so
4: what we're what's happening with higher brain living is not a question of is it if it works that's we can hook the e we've done it numerous times we can hook the eeg up on the brain and go through this 45-minute-long higher brain living session, cueing these pathways, and we can see the prefrontal cortex light up. And a whole change in the physiology starts to take over as this expansion of breath moves through the body. It feels like every cell in your body starts to breathe as it's is it's creating its own feedback, pumping its own energy up to that higher brain. The brain itself is taking over now, the higher brain, and, and moving that energy up to itself, using that source of energy to further fuel itself once we've released some of it and, and brought it into there. And so we, it's not a question of does it work. We know we can measure the brain and see these changes, and we know that when people apply this through our system to their life that they get, transformative life, life changes. So
1: how is it, and this is a hard question, but how is it that those points that you touch to activate the higher brain functions relate to that higher brain? In other words, you touch, among the other points, behind the knee,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the lower, by the sacral area, the neck. Yes. Are you thinking along the lines of subtle energy pathways that we get largely from the Eastern understanding of energy, or what are you thinking? What brought you to those places?
4: Well, I'll certainly say I'm not uncomfortable with that with that terminology oh, or idea. In fact, I, I it, it, it fits well enough for me that uh, s- subtle energy pathways is certainly one way to describe it, and I'm and I'm fine with it. In fact, it Probably is pretty consistent with what I what I do say mm-hmm. but w- I want to make an important point about these touches too is it's not just the touch and they're they're light touches as you know yes. it's not just the touch but it's also the sequence through the protocol in this specific way that causes not only the what we call in modern science now the piezoelectric effect where the energy is released in these pathways and but it it not only is released in these pathways, but through this system it moves to the higher brain. That we can show. We can show the higher brain light, lighting up when this is happening. So, yes, on on one level I would say that there's a, a commonality whether we want to call uh, this dormant energy source uh, everything from prana to cheat to subtle energy to, to whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, they're kind of different names for an energy source that have found different ways to tap into it. What I'm saying and and can demonstrate is that this is a very rapid, very powerful, very consistent, very repeatable, reproducible way, and it moves the energy every time into the prefrontal cortex of the brain and lights that up. And so I believe, I I can't prove this at this point, but this is highly theoretical, but I believe that that energy source that's been known as all those different names through thousands of years, I believe that it evolves simultaneously with the prefrontal cortex and and what is designed to be the energy source that fuels that higher brain but that that circuit is not fully connected right now we've never figured out to do that because the lower brain has has kept its grip locked down and the species has never transcended that fully to complete this whole Circuit, and I believe higher brain living it, it, by moving that energy into that higher brain over a series of, of steps, a twenty-two step program. That higher brain, that circuit completes, and that higher brain learns how to do it and co opt that energy and use that, bring that energy up to itself.
0: Yes,
1: uh, got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's coming to mind, Michael? First of all, let's let everybody know that you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin and our guest today. In our extended show is Dr. Michael Cotton, who is the founder of the Higher Brain Living, which is this very interesting uh, program uh, in which he teaches facilitators, interested people, how through a series of 22 sessions to bring people into a state of activating the prefrontal cortex and thereby literally giving them the possibility for a new kind of life, a different perception, a different default position, a different, you could say, moving from DOS, if you want to think of it that way, (laughs) into an advanced system that we actually might not even have just yet. Um, And so your, your frames of reference are shifted and you are uh, kind of elated as your default position, instead of a little inertic, or, you know, not certain about what way is next. It's a different, it's the kind of uh, promise that various spiritual traditions and teachings have been saying is possible for us. As ye are gods, that notion, that sense of heartfelt, soul-felt purpose. And uh, that's why we wanted to have Michael on the show today to talk about this kind of purposefulness that is available when we develop ourselves, develop the hardware, if you will, sufficiently to be able to fulfill that the software, which is the, you could say, the emotional and the spiritual domain of, of using the hardware to its maximum. Is that a fair kind of image? I was just sitting here thinking, Mitchell. That
4: boy, do I love it when you talk like that!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's because I'm inspired. I'm inspired by your work. No, it
1: really. Oh, that was beautiful. beautiful. Seriously, that was awesome. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm very pleased at this because this is laying out a new possibility for planet Earth, because what we've got right now is, uh, while the Earth herself is magnificent, what human beings have done with it, despite our incredible development of cultures um, and ethnic uh, use of language and music and the arts and many, and technologies, we've done some amazing things on the face of this planet. We've also made it a mess And we don't have to spend too much time just uh, focusing on the good that we've done. That's a great thing, and we need acknowledgement for it. Mm -hmm. But to look at the weaker link, that's what we have to work on, the weak link of the whole picture. And uh, by fine-tuning the hardware, we might have this kind of life where we can really have a better world. I mean, that's the game here. Yes. You know, that is the game. That's everybody's game. That's the why I gave that title for our shows and all. You yeah, know? yeah. It's what everybody wants. You bet. You bet. So then um I was just thinking, Michael, that in reaching back in time, there is the Taoist practice known as the microcosmic orbit. Mm-hmm. And its purpose is to move caress qi from the lower parts of the body, up along that same vessel I was referring to before, the governing vessel, down cascading down uh, through the prefrontal lobes, in fact, and the third eye, uh, down to the conception vessel yep. and forming a literal orbit around our body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that way, I was you were talking before, I was thinking, that in itself is helping to move the chi, in this case, from below to above and below again and completing a circuit. Yep. It's about a circuit, a loop. And that's what you're doing too. So now we ask the question, what's the most effective way? Are there several really effective and efficient ways of doing it? We have a lifespan of X. What can we do to move it along? You know, what technology mm-hmm. can help us to mm-hmm. accelerate? So, can you speak to that?
4: I can, and and one of the one of the thing, and I want to first say that I'm a fan of all, almost all of these things. In fact, that I I'm, I'm familiar with what what you just talked about. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I because I saw some parallels. It was it was like all these lights came on. It's like wait sure. a minute, they were two thousand years ago. You know. And exactly. so I, st- I started looking at all of this stuff, and and it 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 all ties in in some way. And what I what I particularly love is the uh, the Isaac Newton quote where he said, "I stood on the shoulder of giants." Yes. Uh, okay, and so that's kind of what I feel is that this mm-hmm. is in in some ways. I, I just had a, a one of our facilitators is a yo- yoga teacher, I had been a yoga teacher her whole life, and she became a higher brain living facilitator, and we have this this amazing community, you know, we have, they meet in meetups in person all over the country. And then we have a Facebook group that all of the facilitators are in. And so we, every day there's tons of just sharing stories about clients in their own life. And she just posted this, just, I mean, it made me teary. I just it's mm. beautiful, you know, of what how her her yoga path had prepared her for higher brain living and to be a higher brain living facilitator. And, mm. and my, my point was, as I responded yeah. to that, this was just yesterday, I said, you know, in one sense of the word, Higher brain living is yoga. It is a yoga. And that if if Patanjali or some of the early yoga founders would have known about what we know about now with brain physiology and evolution, it exactly. would have been integrated into their models. Right. And if they would have known about the complexity of the modern world, they would develop ways to bring that to their life.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. And,
4: and, and so my point is, is that I think that this is – the leading edge of a 5,000-year-old path, and it's the leading edge of the evolution of a 5,000-year path. And so what this does that I think makes it somewhat unique is two things. One of them is the speed and consistency with which this response of energy moving into the higher brain shows up, that it happens virtually 100% of the time, and it happens very rapidly, that that is the consistency of that, the reproducibility of that, from my studies, is somewhat unique. And I've talked to Qigong masters and said, I've seen that, but it was this one client, you know, and so there's a, there's a rapidity and a reproducibility to this that is somewhat unique. Number two is that we've developed a very easy-to-follow, yet very sophisticated way to bring that higher brain state to the modern world and to your modern life and to apply it in a way that lets you integrate your whole life with that higher brain. And I don't think anything else does that.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting. There's nothing like integration. Yeah, because that's really where the rubber meets the road, you know, mm-hmm. where spirit meets the world, right. if you will. Right, right, right. We, yeah, we've been talking about this yep. today, and that's uh, right. I think that's very true. That's very beautifully put. Um, I would like to know more about the effects that you have seen through your teaching. This you've been teaching this now for whatever. Six, seven eight years around the united states
4: i i actually i developed it about eight years ago and i uh launched a practice in K- kansas city where i lived my hometown at the time and i uh developed a you know a way to run a business around it and it was just absolutely the most remarkable thing that i could have ever imagined i had a waiting list in my practice uh, for a long time, the the I had because I had done so much research. I also was connected to a lot of people that were researchers or data sources, and mm-hmm. and so I I had a lot of uh, uh, people that I knew that, for instance, were developmental psychologists and that were researching developmental psychologists, and so we started developing questionnaires and surveys that were tracking the person's inner experience as we were helping them apply this higher brain to their life. We wanted to know what was changing in your relationships? What was changing in your finances? What was changing occupationally? What was changing in your physical body? what was How was your emotional state changing? How was your consciousness changing? We were tracking all of these parameters through these kind of different types of standardized questionnaires and, and looking at all of this while, while I was continuing to develop, develop this model. And at a certain point, it just became so apparent that it, this had to get into the world. I mean, the changes we were seeing, genuine, radical transformation where people were literally creating new lives, not just, not just making themselves more comfortable, at the same level they were at, but just blowing into a whole new level of existence and being being able to live from there and, and and integrate from there. And so, I I then started also doing more extensive measurements of what was going on in the brain, and we started to tie all of this together. And it, and I had this practice; it was just thriving. And I started reaching out to some really key consultants who ha- had their eye on this, and now we're saying, wow. Something really big is going on in the you know human potential field that we haven't seen before. And so we determined a strategy to get this into the world. And the, the first step was for me to first be able to demonstrate that I could reproduce the business model, that I could open another business in another area and create these same life changes in large groups of clients and run a successful business doing it. And I I opened another center in a completely different area. The first one was in a suburban area. This one was in an urban area, uh, hundreds of miles apart in different states and and uh, had the same thing, had a waiting list in a few months, tracked this data, saw changes in their brains, and th- the subjective changes in and their life. And you were life.
1: measuring the brains of your clients. Y- yes, not every one of them,
4: but we were doing studies where we would periodically measure different ones of them, but every one of them were, was going through a, uh, a questionnaire assessment evaluating for Subjective change and life change, self-reporting on it, and of which we were, uh, you know, sure. analyzing this this data. And so, you know, again, and so all. Of the, so, so the second center had the same amazing changes. This started eight years ago, and this is now. Now we've done, you know, three years later, and 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 so then it then we'd established two different centers in two different areas with the same kind of amazing changes happening. Then it was determined I needed to prove that I could teach this. Because if anyone's watched the video or is going to see me, come see me in New, in that New York Monday night Mm -hmm. at the Hotel Penn for the the event there, uh, you're going to see demonstrations. And the demonstration is mind blowing. There's some video on the, on the website of this. But it, it, it's, it's just, it's remarkable. What you see happen in the human body as this energy shifts to the higher brain. So I then had to establish that I didn't contain some. You know, I wasn't. People said, "Are you channeling the?" You know, and I said, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> you know, I think I can teach it, and so well, I, right. I I set out to prove that. You uh-huh. know, and and I went and I handpicked five people that were these very different demographics, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I I created a training program. I spent. Uh, on, believable amounts of time to really get this thing right, to teach it. And so I brought them through this. I taught, trained those five people, and they then started to work with people, and they could do exactly what I could do. The same thing was happening. And I, And so from that point on, we had kind of all of our ducks in a row, so to speak, and I launched it three years ago uh, where we now are training approximately a 100 people a year. Uh, and certifying them as licensed Higher Brain Living facilitators,
1: mm-hmm. and
4: so uh, we'll, we'll be training another hundred this year. There's uh, online modules, and then leading up and to the training. program
1: is essentially a year in duration. No, or? no, 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 no. There, there are
4: um, a couple of different models. There's a standard license and an advanced license, but there's four online modules, and then there's also uh, some on-site training as well that happens in the summer. After you complete the on online problems, but a, a few days of on uh, site problems, depending on which model, which is also what I'll be discussing at the at the presentation up there. I see. yeah Sure, sure, sure. And doing
1: live demonstrations. So how long is just just so I have some idea sure. the duration? Well, uh, for someone to become well once certified, they, once they do the
4: four online modules, so those are worked on a ho- home or office. Then uh, the standard license is. Ten days of on site it's in two five day modules, and the advanced licenses is twenty days of on site so it's in two ten day modules I see. and those happen in the in the summer
1: I see mm-hmm. so. Is the duration typically then a year or more than a year? Or well, like? it,
4: de- it depends on the, the, the person. For instance, we, yeah. I, I will have people enroll. I, I'm here in New York doing presentations, doing this big presentation coming up Monday, and we'll present the licensing model. So people will have an opportunity to enroll. There will be people enroll in that now. As soon as they enroll, they'll be sent their online modules. They'll work on their online modules up until they come to summer training this summer, and by the end of August, there will be a trained, certified, licensed high brain living facilitator. Oh,
1: so it could be a matter of uh, four or five months. Yes, e-
4: even even oh. yes. Oh, Let's okay. say even three or four months. Oh, yep.
1: interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so that it's not necessarily people who are in the field of chiropractic or massage therapy or reflexology or EFT or
4: not exclusively. Trust-
1: but those those are really the
4: primary people that find who us. Find interest it, it, in that, yeah. They're either wellness practitioners or in the personal growth field. They're
0: yes.
4: uh, chiropractors, massage therapists, energy workers, body workers. We have a lot of psychologists. We 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 have a, a and several psychiatrists even have been trained in Actually, in the work. A lot of psychologists. It, it's I I did a a talk for, for uh, the national. Psychological convention in Minnesota last year. Uh, we have uh, I have two of my um, uh, trained facilitators that are both licensed psychologists that are doing that I've approved to do CEU seminars on higher brain living. And so, uh, it, you know, he, the healing professions, the personal growth professions, those are the ones that that first find us. But we also take if it's just a, a, a layperson without any experience in the healing arts or personal growth industry, if they're the right fit, they're the right fit. And so sure. we take them into the model. Right, sure. Know. So yeah. it
1: doesn't require That's right. that kind of background, but those are the people who would find themselves most drawn mm-hmm. to what you're doing.
4: When I first lo- – the yeah. first round of training, it did require that. And what I found out really mm-hmm. – by really looking at that, it was really so much more important what a person he- held in their heart than their, their educa- ed- educational uh, experience. at so this Right. Was, so different than anything they'd learned
1: anyway that it wasn't that great of an advantage often to to have some of the background. Right. You in know? fact, some people say, I, we used to deal with that all the time when I was studying acupuncture, was it good to have a background in medicine, Western medicine before or an hindrance? Right. And they actually found that to have a medical degree was mm-hmm. a hindrance because they were so programmed to think a certain way along a certain pathology That's model. right. That's that right. it was really difficult for them to make the uh, shift, yep. the up-leveling, I'll say, I, I, I to right. the Chinese model, model, which is holistic. That's right. And it's a well, wellness model. It's not, It's not. there's recognition of pathology, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it's just It's a different world view completely.
4: I joke at training because I, I started w- with all of the healers that, that come to us. I started this with uh, one of the, the, peop- the people in that first five group that I trained, uh, Dr. Uh, Drew Neville, was a, a chiropractor in a chiropractic practice, and he came in as a client of mine, and it just, you know, blew his whole life open and changed mm-hmm. his life in the most amazing ways. And he said, "If you, if you're going to train people on this, I, I want to know," you know. And so he was one of the ones I nice. interviewed in these first five. But to, to, yeah. to bounce off of what you said is, is that I. I when I brought him in to train to to train him in that group of first five, I said, "Well, the first thing I have to do is deconstruct everything that's been put in your head yeah, the right. four years you were in chiropractic college before we can then start <laughs> training." And you know, we, so we
0: have to unlearn before we
1: newly learn. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. No, I get it. You know, I uh, it's reminding me of what was the original notion actually of Freud and then later Jung which when the Jung Institute began uh, they would select uh, students from any walk of life
0: mm-hmm.
1: in fact they very much liked as I understand artists and creative people outside of psychology and psychiatry mm-hmm. And it's interesting that, you know, it was only the MDs in the United States, when Freud first came here, who decided to sew up psychoanalysis for themselves. It was was a political and economic move. It wasn't an actual move, because Freud, as Bruno Metelheim told us, was talking about the soul. Right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and now you know, having
1: an MD doesn't help you deal with the zone. They don't even see it. They don't even acknowledge it. Right. So it's actually a detriment. Anyway, yeah. I'm just giving yeah. that to you. So there are antecedents mm-hmm. to the larger holistic, whole-brained, if you will, perspective. Right. That's you know not your standard professional. Yeah,
4: and we have some type am- of track. amazing facilitators that had been accountants and you know just. But but they they that wasn't fulfilling them and they knew right. there was more and they knew something in their soul was looking for this and there they found go. it and they knew it and you know they were a fit that exactly yep. exactly
1: we are speaking with Dr Michael Cotton of Higher Brain Living and uh, it's very interesting material really is this is Mitchell J Rabin for a better world thanks so much for joining us we have a few more minutes so. Please stay with us. Remember that our website is www.abetterworld.tv Go and sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's all free And available to you to let you know who is going to be on the radio show And who will be on the TV show the following week So you can prepare and tell your friends and go to Facebook And you know, all the things that people do these days So uh, we love to have you part of our A Better World family That's for sure So, Dr. Michael Cotton, let's continue with this thread, because we're really talking about creating a better world. I mean, you know, not to overdo the phrase, but, you know, that's what we all want, in the depth of our heart. We want a system that we could raise children in, that they can feel good about, proud of, secure in, creative within, and not be held back by these bizarre expressions of fear that literally, literally are dominating our society and, interestingly, getting worse. Mm-hmm. We didn't have an NSA the way we have now even 10 or 15 years ago. Right. There's a paranoia that is being utilized that everyone, look over your shoulder. This is, uh, this is no longer a democracy as we've known it and we see that this scourge is passing around the planet. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, at the same time, there is an awakening happening on the level of love, on the level of joy, on the level of the kind of um, activation you're speaking of here, for which we are all deeply grateful, because that's the counterpoint or counterpunch to this uh, incessant growth of a you could almost call it a form of cancer right, which is a form of fear and paranoia yep. that is utilized, so talk to me a little bit about how you see the you could say the sociological or the larger picture of the work you're doing
4: well, that is really the most exciting part of it for me and and I, yeah, yeah yeah it it is and and Very i cool. i don't you know I don't
1: impose
4: my values on. On anyone else, or our, uh, you know, certainly not our facilitators. I mean, they come in for a lot of different reasons, and some of them just initially want to become trained, or or a person that just wants to become a client. They want to become a client just simply because they're they feel depressed, or they're anxious, or they're stressed out. Their Lives
1: or, aren't going the way they right, see right. fit.
4: Right, you know, not all of them come in and say, "I want to maximize my human potential. Take me, you know, take me to God," and uh, you know, uh, that's not the case. That's
0: good. And they all
4: meet their goals. You know, I mean, it, it it moves you up from wherever from wherever you are. But for me personally, the motivating point and force of all of this is that I want to see higher brain living be a major player a major vehicle ushering in that new stage of human consciousness and culture that i believe is led by new brain physiology and i want to see i want to see higher brain living as being a significant component or vehicle to that widespread social change and that's what i'm working for and working
1: towards Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm very glad to hear that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's why you are so compatible with what it is we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. truly, yeah. and I, I really deeply appreciate it. Um, would you share with us in our last minutes a, a few examples of some of the results that you have seen either through your own work with individuals or your facilitators? Oh, sure. Uh, and and again, it like is like if somebody were to become a client yep. of a facilitator or get the training themselves, what would they have to sort of some examples of what they might be able to look forward to? Well,
4: I'll start with becoming a a, a client, and and so I believe the key to shifting everything, whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's bad thinking, whether it's Yucky emotional states, whether it's a unhealthy—that's a technical term. Yes, like it yucky. is. I it is. That. It is. I'll it's explain it GSM to you later, Mitchell. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> well, whether it's uh, you know an unhealthy physical body, whether it's a job that you can't stand, whether it's your finances, the lower brain wants to create sameness. So, no matter if a person enters and reports any of that their way out is to get energy into the higher brain create a new map and apply that to their life and so we we see people that are literally i mean they they're coming in because they're beat down in relationship because they're stressed out in life because they don't have any purpose they don't know what their meaning is why they're alive and they find that purpose, and they create healthy relationships, and they create abundant finances. They bring that higher brain to all of it. I just, a, a person popped into my head, mm-hmm. uh, one of them that became a facilitator that was originally a client, That and this happens a lot, that said, you know, I didn't really even know what spirituality was, and I didn't have any use for it, belief in it. I was a rational thinker i was a doctor working at a profession and i went through this program and i found god okay now that's a big that's a big statement but that's the that's the kind of thing that shows up and people find their purpose they find their passion and it it happens pretty regularly through this and and for the people that become licensed facilitators well, just to start with, it allows you to serve humanity in exactly that way I just described. And there, to me, that that's – I mean, there's nothing more re- rewarding. I mean, to, to go home at the end of the day and go, oh, my God, I have made a contribution uh, to the, to this world. And I've been – compensated and everyone has won and and it's amazing and the training program itself not only do you learn all the ins and outs of the technique and how to run a a practice and all of that but you there's also uh, we you receive higher brain living in a very specific way in almost a retreat like setting through the training program because we want you in your higher brain learning this and applying this and so the personal growth aspects of our training program are worth more than all training program. Even if you don't learn higher brain living, I hear that all the time from facilitators. So, so it's kind of twofold. Oh, you learn how to do this work and apply this work and run a business doing this work and change people's lives. And that's amazing. But you also change yourself. You come out the other side of
1: this, a new human being. And that's, that's a promise.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, Awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, that's the whole point, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have how many? Uh, there's a
4: couple hundred trained and licensed facilitators, and there's we'll train another hundred this year. So there's more in the pipeline right,
1: right now exactly. as we'll be leading for. Have you gone global with this yet, or are you still
4: Not yet. We, yeah, we, we've we still got a lot of work to do here in Nashville. That's why I'm in New York right now, in fact, yeah. because I have the upcoming talks at the New Life Expo this weekend. Exactly. And then Monday night, I have the the big uh, uh, marquee event at the Hotel Pennsylvania, right. where I'll be talking about it. Do you know the times of your talks
1: at the New Life Expo? I
4: I I know that the, this Friday is 7 p.m., and I know Saturday and Sunday are both afternoons. I don't recall what time they are, but they're on the New Life Expo's website. Right. So you can go to their website and find it. But at Friday is 7 p.m., and then it's Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. And then Monday, that talk is listed on our website, the Monday night 630 to 830 marquee event where I'm going to do live demonstrations and everything. That's If you go to higherbrainliving.com, you get to the homepage of our website. Then you click on the Become a Facilitator link and scroll down and that will take you to upcoming presentations and you'll see the New York uh March twenty fourth event. Click on it. Uh Mitchell, you can, if you do it online, the enrollment, the registration for the event is free. It's it's ninety seven dollars at the door. So oh, so make I see. so people that are want, want to come to this, make sure you do it online r- right yes. now. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> yeah, you will get charged ninety seven dollars at the door. Right, yeah. sure.
1: Run to
0: your computers, yeah. folks! If you haven't
1: got there already, Well, you're there, by listening to this show, aren't you? Yeah. So yes, now open up higherbrainliving.com if you want to attend the March twenty and then become a Monday's facilitator evening. page. Become and, fa- yeah. a facilitator and find the event. Absolutely, oh, it's uh, no, it's it's very beautiful to hear about these um, the advent of a technology. And I was thinking about that, that when we think about the ancient ways of Qigong and Tai Chi Chuan and meditation and different forms of yoga and uh, there are uh, shaking practices in Africa and in Australia and uh, Southeast Asia. There are just so many really interesting um, the use of entheogens, which I was speaking about a little earlier. There are so many ways to Awaken the higher levels of consciousness. In fact, I used to have a healing center in New York City, Michael, called the Center for Creative Well Being, in which we used flotation tanks. Mm-hmm. And I used to marvel. I thought, you know, the ancient yogis uh, were so smart and all, but they never stopped to think of filling. A big pail of water, or you know, a little bed of water, salt water with salt water, yeah. and then making it dark and closing out the entire like a cave, right? You know, but in salt water so that you change your relationship to gravity, right? That's very important yep. in this game yep. because that creates a context, yep. as Dr. John Lilly, who invented it, mm-hmm. taught us, mm-hmm. to allow the you could say the the bathing. Of the higher brain functions in the chi, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like it was right there, but they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But it took John Lilly in the fifties to come up with the system working mm-hmm. for the U.S. Navy, actually mm-hmm. at the time, you know, looking at sensory des- deprivation. Yep, you know, and so there is a major breakthrough in technology, and we of course see many of them. And here you are, right, doing same, making an improvement, which is, shows. Progress. It shows development, and it shows, on some level, real evolution yes. in our thinking and our ability to be creative about how to access all of us. Yeah, if you will. Yes, all of us internally and all of us externally. Beautiful. Did I tell you
4: I love it when you talk like that, Mitchell? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it,
0: Michael. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs>
1: That's very funny. No, but this is all a way of creating a historical perspective on what you're doing today mm-hmm. in 2000, where are we, 14, mm-hmm. and that it is part of a tradition of developing inner psychological, spiritual technologies yep. to help mankind on his or her way. Right,
4: and, and you put it very well. I thought there are Breakthroughs or emergences on that path right. that uh, that that are these kind of big explosions of of this it's not a linear path
1: that's you know right. and i and exactly. I agree i think I think that's what we're seeing yes yes, yeah. yes well, for last words, what do you want to last share with our audience so they can take this with them and have it in their Hit pocket so well
4: I, I guess the main thing was that, that I I really hope that you are uh, intrigued enough to take the next step of either finding a facilitator in your area you can locate the facilitators on our website and you say hey I want to check this out they do local uh, presentations that you can go visit their center or f- find out where they're practicing and and receive it for yourself go be a client go through the the 22 step program or I hope that you come out and see me while I'm in New York. If you're listening locally in New York, if not check our schedule and and find somewhere else. I just, being able to really see this live, there just aren't really words. We have videos on our website, and you can sign up on the homepage and get a, a video series. And it's mind boggling at that capacity. But when you see it live, it's a game changer. And, and really? I would really
1: love to have you well, do that. I yeah. really, thank you so much. I, yeah. I really look forward to being there. And mm-hmm. it, this just talks about lighting things up. This just lights me up, mm-hmm. Michael. It really does. Mm-hmm. And I'm thank you. looking forward to having the experience again. And I had a taste of it today, yeah, yeah. but I, I look forward to seeing what you're talking about on Monday evening. Yeah. I will be there. You bet. Awesome. So I look really forward to great. that. Absolutely. Well, Michael Cotton, thank you again for all of your good work and your making a real serious contribution. My pleasure, Mitchell. This was a blast. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. This is wonderful. Well, all of you, thank you so much for joining us again for A Better World. And we're here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, New York Time. But, of course, you know, yes, I know, most of you listen in archive at your own sweet pace. God bless you. I think it's great. I just am glad that you come and join us whenever you're ready to tune in and pass this on to your friends as well. Forward them our links from our website. We have everything in Radio Archive. It's also on Blog Talk Radio's Archive. It's available. And get our newsletter if you're not getting it yet. And uh, make that part of your daily life every single week. Thanks again for joining us. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. And I look forward to seeing you all next week.